What's up, Misfits? Today's guest is a man of many faces. He is the man behind Mauricia, Marissa, however you pronounce her name, depending on your location and accent and country of origin. Super hilarious, Dasit. If you don't know, Google him. Also, native New Yorker, and he admits that he's almost died a couple times, and it's not a joke. Like, for real, like, deathbed, not gonna make it, mama, I love you. Super hilarious comedian, Giannis Pappas, joins us. You're listening to Social Misfit. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Social Misfit with me, your host, Chloe Hilliard. I am on location uh, in the the bowels of Brooklyn. The bowels, old Brooklyn. Damn near Staten Island. Bay Ridge is Staten Island light. <laughs> this is like, yeah. This is like almost Staten Island. This is, is where Staten Island people go to. When they go out for a night in the city, they go to this, Bay Ridge. Like, oh, let's Ridge. get fancy. Go down there and get some Italian food. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome my guest, Giannis Pappas. Hey. Am I saying it Greek enough? Is that oh, close? It's, well, no, you didn't say it Greek enough, but you said it right on the money. What, how do I say it? Giannis Pappas. Giannis Pappas. Giannis Pappas. Are you fluent in Greek? No. 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 I'm the only one in my family who is not. And Greeks hate that. How the hell are you the only one? You have siblings. Yeah. So how are you the only one that's not fluent? Because I'm the youngest and my parents kind of gave they up. They gave up. They gave up. Oh, yeah. that's the worst. I'm I'm the oldest, but see, it's different because it's That's just why me. you're such a, like, a fucking perfection. Well, it's Achieve. just me. You're, a, you're one of those oldest achievers. Everybody seems to have this like notion. When I since I've been doing this podcast, people really think I have my life together. Um, you look like you have your life together. Your apartment is very nice. Well, I'm fucking forty. I should. <laughs> <laughs> you have a whole plant, a real plant. I got a, I got a couple real. I love plants. I talk to them. All these plants, I talk to them. I love plants. Oh my gosh. I think I got it from my dad. My dad is like crazy about plants, and like I got plants everywhere. They're good. They give you oxygen. You know. I have never successfully kept a plant. My mom gives me plants and hopes that it would want me to be a, a mother. <laughs> That's what, I know. She's, I call it plant parenthood. She gives me plants like every once in a while. Why are you doing bits on me right no, now? No, I'm not. It's not even a bit. Well, it should be. That's pretty funny. I know. Yeah, I know. I have remember really, that. Uh, yeah, I remember it. But she, she definitely, and I've killed every one of them. I've killed them because they get to the point where they need, once they need a bigger pot, I'm like, yeah. I can't. I got to go buy dirt in a pot. That's too much. You're a plant killer. Because you can't. Get, if I could just get like a one pound bag of dirt, they don't sell that. They yeah. sell like 10 pounds of dirt at Home yeah. Depot. So what I'm going to do with the rest of that dirt? <laughs> That's too much. Yeah, well, I, don't, I, I, you, I think you're making it a lot more complicated than it needs. Well, I because mean, you have multiple plants, so you plants. can distribute the dirt equally. But if I have one plant pot, yeah, Th- that's I, not. That. I don't put any dirt in them. They come with dirt. I know, but they get, they're going to get bigger. Like That one's going to get bigger. You're going to have to get a bigger pot. You probably need a bigger pot for it now. Well, you know what? I just said I was such a plant lover, but I didn't even think of that. So, <laughs> you have to grow. see that's how much you got your shit together. You're thinking ahead. Watch it. I'm just Let enjoying the plants in the moment. No, you're you're stunting their growth. I bet you, if you put that one right there in a bigger pot, it will grow at least like four or five inches in the next five six months. Well, I'm, I want to hold that plant back. <laughs> You sound like a real parent. I don't want to let it grow. I want to stifle it. You I sound keep, like a real parent now. Yeah, I want to keep it right where it is. Okay. I'm so not going to let it grow. You don't know Greek, so you don't know no. Greek and you love plants. No, yeah. My parent, everyone's fluent and Greeks get pissed. Greeks are Greeks are like, Greeks are an interesting bunch of people because, um, you know, there's a small minority of Greeks in America. It's not a lot of Greeks mm-hmm. in America. It's not a lot of Greeks in Greece. It's a small country. Yeah. And, um... The ones that are here, you know, it's a pretty successful ethnic yeah. group. You know, they've done really well, but they really like to stick 
together together and uh-huh. like they really love being greek like more than any other ethnic group i think they it's like the pride really? it's because it's like yeah we're like the al bundy of countries oh, okay you know how al bundy yeah was like always talking about the glory days mm-hmm. when he was a high school football player oh, okay so, so like greeks about- are sort of like we invented civilization and oh, you know yeah. we had this whole glory era, and now we're like a shoe salesman you know they, do they think they, they do they think they've greeted civilization more so than egyptians or they just don't even factor they don't even factor in <laughs> They don't even, no, it's all Greek. They don't factor shit. It's Greeks are like we did it all. They think they did it all. That's terrible. They don't even take any of the the uh, Arabic contributions, the Egyptian Chinese, contribution, nothing, nothing. nothing. Chinese, nothing. Oh my god. Okay, Giannis, please read your post. Oh, we jump right into yes, it. Yes. Okay. We here's do. my post. Um, women suck and aren't funny. No, that not, is not, not that it. one. Okay, not that one. Okay, hold on. <laughs> We're going to go, all right, you want something a little more controversial. Yes. You don't want something like that. No. Okay. Um, Trump's presidency reminds me of when someone would heckle a comic at my old Bar 4 show, and I'd make the heckler get up and try comedy for three. Three minutes. Three minutes, yeah. Well, three minutes. Two which- retweets, six <laughs> likes. <laughs> I like how you chose the big hits. No, because there's so much meat nah, to yeah, this. There's could, so much death right. to this. Well, see, you, see, if you don't understand tweets. how my, my mind works, when I see a tweet like this, I see, okay, we can talk about one, Donald Trump's presidency, of course, which is already so much fodder yeah. and which has consumed your daily uh, tweets since <laughs> election day. Yeah. And then we can talk about your early days in New York City as a comic. Mm-hmm. And then we can talk about people's audacity to believe that what we do is easy. Mm-hmm. This is how my brain works. Okay. So this tweet has already given me three topics of conversation. I like it. I like how long. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So you've been doing comedy for how long? Well, you know, it's for me, it's, um, it's like there's like two answers. I started in uh, 2000, mm-hmm. but I stopped. So I re so I've been doing it since 2000. Mm-hmm. You know, I did sketch. I did mostly sketch back then, but I did do like my first set. But I had a sketch group called the Tenth Floor. Um, we did sketch shows. That was fun. And then uh, my life kind of got. F- you know, I've had a weird road. <laughs> You've talked I, about I, it so much. I mean, yeah, it's just like I feel like. I feel like, you know, like like God's trying to kill me, you know? Like he's trying to whack me like there's a contract. I've been struck by lightning. I've been shot. Uh, I have my kidding. head split open. He's not kidding. He's, he's a, a, no, I'm not kidding at all. Happen. I'm not joking. I've been struck by lightning. Um, I've been shot. I've had my head split open with a bat. Um, uh, I almost died from eating old pork. <laughs> when and, yeah. and where did that happen? That happened in 2000. And I'm missing a few too. There's still a few that I'm, I'll think about. But um, Where was the pork at? The pork was, this is how stupid I was. This was 2000 and, this was 2008 or mm-hmm. nine. So in my old apartment, I had an apartment on 6th Street in Park Slope mm-hmm. me, for eight years. Me and my buddy Jesse and my, my buddy Steve grew up there and he had a rent control apartment. His family left and then we lived in there for eight years. So it was an old fucking place, though. And so we had like one of those used frig- used refrigerators. Yes. We bought a used fr- from one of those oh, places that uh, fixed. Uh, so it would always kind of conk out. Up, yeah. So the refrigerator didn't work properly. And I had, I was, my girlfriend at the time, her brother-in-law, we were at his house and he cooked a delicious meal with sausage and they gave us leftovers. And so we had the sausage in the refrigerator and I was starving, like just starving. And I was broke back then. So I was like, you know, it was, it was there. But it had been in there like three, four days. Oh. And I went in there and it was like the refrigerator was kind of warm. And I just didn't think. I didn't think that. 
I didn't know. And if you if you're listening <laughs> to this and you didn't know, because a lot of people don't know this, pork can kill you. Specifically, pork yes, can kill you because if it's the bad. Bacteria in yeah, it for something, just grows so fast. Something about pork specifically, yeah. though. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. So I ate it and um it tastes a little weird, you know. <laughs> I ate a lot of it. And then um, you know, went to bed, had sushi that night. Oh my god. Yeah, probably didn't help. The mix of that. I didn't feel anything. And then I woke up and I swear to you, it was like three in the morning. I, I got I got jolted awake by the sickness. Pains. Like the, the I have never felt oh. I have you can't even explain. I guess my body is just going like, what the fuck? Yeah. You're poisoned. And I woke up. And I was like half conscious. Your bra- it fucks with your brain. Like the poison at that point is like you're not even thinking straight. So I got up to run to the toilet, right? Because I just like run. It just I had to get things out, and I just fell. Like my balance, the head, my room, oh, like wow. the room is just spinning like worse than when you were drunk. And I fell over. I had no balance, and I got to the toilet and I felt like I was passing out. I felt like it was like passing out, and I was. I was like my heart rate was slowing down. So then I, I call. Uh, I was I was with my girlfriend. Thank God at the time, and I was like, "You gotta call. You gotta call an ambulance. Like something's really wrong." So I thought I was dying. I didn't know what. I didn't make the connection. Nothing. I had no idea what was going on. I felt like maybe I'm dying. Like yeah. it just felt like I'm dying. And she, I always used to say that as a joke. I used to pretend like I'm dying. So she thought I was. <laughs> she was like, "Stop!" And I was like, "No, seriously, I'm, something's wrong." And she got it quick, just by my tone. So she called. Um, she called the uh, ambulance, and I. I my heart was so slow that I started to not be able to move. Oh my god! Because there was no blood pumping, oh my so gosh. I was frozen. I couldn't move, and my heart rate ended up going down to like twelve or what? something. Yeah, it was just not beating. And um, so you you were going they gave into me an like adrenaline shock. shot. I went to the emergency room, and I still couldn't move and I couldn't talk. Like my whole everything was just frozen because my heart was beating so slow. It was just, and I was like almost passing out. And this, these huge nauseous waves Ooh. kept hitting, and the pain was just like, and I was turning green. And then I, you get, I got there emergency room, and there's this young fucking doc. You never want to see a young oh, fucking. Never. The entertainment industry is the only <laughs> fucking industry where they worship. If you got a fucking twenty-seven-year-old doctor, yeah, you're like, that's not the doc. You want a sixty-five-year-old yes. fucking doctor. Let me tell you something. I have a doctor. I was sick. I was sick once with the illness, and I found this doctor. He was referred by someone, Doctor Goldstein. He is legit, probably like eighty-eight years old right now. Yeah. He is so old. When I saw him, like almost ten years ago, he didn't even use gloves. Like he was like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. He was like, I can touch you. I can inspect you with no like. And yeah. I called him just recently to get some information, and he's still alive and kicking. Every time I call him, I'm like. I wonder when they're gonna tell me he died because that's how old he is. <laughs> yeah, he's like an old pizza chef who just grabs everything. the pie out of the oven. Like yep. I've been doing it for so long. Yeah, like, that's what you want. It's that that's sixty years of experience. Yeah, you want somebody experienced. So this guy was like freaking out. He didn't know what was going on or whatever. And so him freaking out was making me freak out oh, even no. more because he was like, and then he just hit me with the adrenaline shot, and um, I was so dehydrated. I guess the poison when you get that poison, just like. I don't know, your body's seeping all the water up. I don't know what the fuck. So I was extremely dehydrated. My heart was stopping. And uh, so they, they shot me, gave me the adrenaline shot, got shit going, got the IV in. They shot you in your heart with the adrenaline shot? No, it was... Uh, it's not like a no, fiction. Oh, and they wheeled out the pads. Oh, no. They, that's when I freaked out when they wheeled out the pad, you know, those yeah. pads. That's when I was like, and that's not good because then, <laughs> then I'm freaking out, so that's making it worse. When they wheeled out that fucking machine... And I could see it, but I couldn't talk and I couldn't yeah. move. 
And then um, I, I don't I, I don't remember where the adrenaline shot was, but it wasn't like no, it wasn't like in the chest yeah. plate. It was like they do they put it someplace else. So and they just hit me with it, and then, I don't know. I lived, and then for like two days, it was just I don't want to make it too nasty. It was just water coming out. <laughs> it was just. Did, so at what point did you realize, or did they realize that it was the pork? They asked me. They started asking me. Like once I started like my heart started pumping a little bit. They started like trying to troubleshoot like what what's going yeah. on. And they asked me about the last couple of days. I'm like, and like, what did you eat? And then I'm like, yeah, I had this old sausage. And, and then, and they were like, how old? And I, and I told them it was like yeah. three, four days. And I was like, yeah. And then, and then I put it together. I was like, you know, the refrigerator was <laughs> <laughs> warm. <laughs> yeah. Don't, don't fuck with pork, man. Did, did you get I don't pork, eat pork anymore? Oh, good for you. No. I'm glad you learned yeah. your lesson. I start, I ate it after that, but then recently I just don't eat it anymore. Because it gives you back flashbacks, and I just yeah, I don't know. I don't like I don't like eating pigs. I mean, they're, they're I kind of feel bad. They're kind of smart pigs, yeah, and they're just nasty. And pork is bad for you and shit. So Wait, I, so do you not eat other red meats or? No, I eat everything else. Just pork. Yeah, I'll eat a baby lamb. I'll eat. <laughs> <laughs> I'll eat anything but well, pork. Cows, cows are smart too. And I'll eat bacon. I just don't consider that pork. That's just bacon. <laughs> Can't give a bacon, do I mean? You can eat duck bacon. There's duck bacon. I, I don't eat duck. I don't like duck. I just don't like the taste of the duck. Oh, okay. Yeah, but everything else. So duck, duck and and um and pork. Mm, mm, I'm sorry. Mm. I just turned this into a Food Network no, podcast. No, no. This is what I'm talking. About. This is the <laughs> randomness of it. You know, this is where we go from Trump presidency. Wait, so you have been consumed with Trump? Yeah, I've been consumed with Trump. Yeah, who hasn't been consumed with Trump? You know what? I have gotten to the point where I try to take 15 minute intervals of news, and that's it. Because then it consumes me. Again, and then I get too worried. Look at that. Just making rules for yourself. Look at how fucking responding. You're like, oh, you know, I give myself 15 minutes. Yeah, yeah. You have self control, is what that's called. Oh, wait, so my thing is, did you did you go into election day thinking that there was no way he could win, or were you? I actually of- predicted he was gonna win, and, and then, then towards the end, I my heart, my I was hoping he wasn't gonna win, yeah. but I knew in my gut he was gonna win. You know, we travel and you see the signs. We see him all you over. See it. You, and you just had, and the thing was, people just didn't connect to her. That's what I knew. Is like you can't. But you know why people don't connect to her? It's because white men don't want a woman to be empowered, and then white women don't want to be challenged by a woman who is empowered because it makes them feel like they're not living up to that standard, especially that when be. they're white. Especially when you're white, and also white women love putting all their faith into the white man because a white man has historically always protected them and has made the decisions for them and that's why this whole christian evangelical movement just further cements this idea of like a woman is to serve and be protected by her man she's supposed to take care of the home and the kid you know like so there's a move there's so many layers to it because do you you think it was that or you think hillary was just shitty a shitty candidate i don't think that i don't think that she has no charisma and when's the last time there was a presidential candidate who hadn't who won who didn't have charisma um, probably Nixon. Um, I guess, yeah. I mean, it's been a while. Yeah. I mean, since mm, Kennedy, Kennedy, it's like you got to really bring the heat with the yeah. charisma. Well, and she was just like, if you're talking about the woman card, if that's what, if he says I'm playing the woman card, if that means I'm for equal pay, deal me <laughs> in. 
I mean, she had no fucking time. But the thing is, the thing is that the people who hated her didn't necessarily hate her because that she, because she wasn't as, char- as charismatic as him. I think they hated her. I think they hated her without even knowing her for real policies. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, but I mean, you know, she just came with so much baggage. That was the thing. She came with, you know, the Clinton Foundation is so... I mean, she's taking money from some of these countries with such... But I'm telling you, the human people, rights violations. I get it, but I think the people who hate her don't know all of that stuff. Like, if you ask yeah. them why you hate her, they don't say any of that stuff. I think stuff. a lot of people, yeah, and a lot of people were reading that fake news shit where yeah. she had, like, a sex slave ring and and she has a kill list. Yeah, and I, she, I know some, like, smart people who I respect who actually thought that a lot of that shit is true. What was the one, like, she she helped a rapist? I mean, a, a there's a lot. Here's the, 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 that they killed Vince Foster, their mm-hmm. dear friend, who, yeah. committed, who clearly committed suicide. Mm-hmm. Um, that they killed that DC low-level DC staffer because he was behind the leaks. Yeah, and then fucking shitty Julian Assange like fl- fan those flames by saying like, uh, "We'll we'll give this amount of money to anyone who has any information." Oh yeah, he was like alluding to the fact that that staffer was the one that leaked, mm-hmm. and people believe it. it's like really was he? If he was, why don't you just release your correspondence to prove it? You piece of shit. So there was that one. So they say that he that that and that was a botched robbery in mm-hmm. D.C. D.C. is a fucking dangerous town. After oh yes. three four in the morning, mm-hmm. you know shit happens. So the robbery went wrong. Guy shot and he ran. And they're like he didn't take the money. It's, yeah, because he shot him. Yeah, and he didn't want he wanted to get the fuck out of there. You know it happens. And then um, the other one was JFK Jr., which is my favorite. So they say um, because JFK Jr. was a front runner to win the Senate seat in New York, uh, oh, yeah. and then Hillary ended up winning it. So they say so you know when I would do when I was doing Mr. Panos, I would do it in his character. I would make jokes about that that Hillary, you know, because he's a conspiracy theorist, Mr. Panos. So I would say that you know Hillary changes forms <laughs> into into bad weather conditions and bad decisions, <laughs> and people would crack up. Yeah, people would crack up because like you know he died in a fucking plane, plane crash. And, and killed like, his wife and his sister-in-law. Yeah. So they're saying that Hillary killed killed him too. But my thing is, why <laughs> why do people hate Hillary so much and not Bill when they are a power couple? Oh, they units? hate Bill too. People they hate don't Bill. Outwardly say that they hate Bill as much. The only thing that they said about him is that he was a womanizer. They don't talk about any of. Bill Clinton has fucked up so many people's lives. He became a rapist. He became a rapist. Yeah. In this election, and there's zero evidence of that. But either. the shit that he really did do, which is like he contribute was, to laws that have systematically oppressed people of color by giving them unfair sentencing. You know, like. Well, when has that not been the case? No, I'm saying, <laughs> but like he signed into, you know, he signed into the the yeah. Housing Act that. That got rid of all the federal funding for public housing. Like he's done things that have truly that you can pinpoint and be like, he did this, he did this, he did this. He yeah. Well, people who aren't of color don't give a shit about that. Obviously, I know. Yeah. Don't you, I mean, don't you hate white people? I don't hate all white people. <laughs> I don't like to generalize. I think there's too much generalizing going on. I think that's a huge problem. Yeah. Well, I think that's a huge problem with the left too. Yeah. That whole like you know yeah fucking white people. I mean it's like. People, you gotta stop generalizing, you know. You do have to stop generalizing. However, Want some tobacco. No. Okay. However, white people are frustrating because they don't think outside of themselves. <laughs> white people are frustrating. They are because they don't think about anybody but themselves. Like the simple but fact not that all white people. I'm talking the majority of white people. Uh, the majority of white people who have never lived with people of color or near are black them, people thinking about white people. Are black people sitting there going like, all "We've got to make this." world better for white people no no no. we're not thinking about we're gonna we gonna be thinking about how can we make this world better in spite of white people 
<laughs> that's what we thinking about <laughs> we thinking about if i walk into this apartment so i have to make sure i give them my good white voice so they don't fucking put the security on me like we're constantly i have to know who the fuck ariana grande is and adele and fucking Katy perry and you tell me you don't can't act even... like you know who adele is just because you're trying to no, operate in the white world but we do she have touches to your soul god damn it a little bit but hello but what i'm saying is that we people of color constantly have to be in the know about white people shit and it's not the same way yeah. How many times have you seen in the news that they've misidentified Jay Z? <laughs> or Michael Che. Yeah. Oh my God. Michael Che is everybody. Jay Farrow all the time. They look nothing alike. They're on the same show. They look I'll be nothing honest with you. I thought him and Kevin Barnett were the same person for the first couple of oh, weeks. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But that was because they wore their hats the same fucking way. Yeah. And they were new comics. And, I remember uh, I that's when I got into comics. comedy. This is a good transition. Yeah. That's when I, I got into comedy. The first time I got into comedy, I saw. Um, it was like March Madness at Caroline's, and I remember Che and Kevin Barnett went up against each other, and I was like, they're the same person. They were in the hats. They wore their same hats height. the same way, like half yeah. on. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that took a second. They were new, so you don't really pay attention. You know, I, I'd been doing it a little while. But it's funny, though, because they were new, but they already had buzz, even though they were new. And I was, I was just starting, so I was literally just watching as, like, I want to do comedy. Let me come to this March Madness thing and see who these people are about. But... The industry, it's so fick it's so fickle because they pick somebody and I'm not this is no slight to them. They're both very talented. They're friends of mine. There's no shade at all. But it's interesting when you see the industry pick someone like from inception and you're just like, Oh, I wonder how did that happen? Yeah, no, that does happen. Yeah. Yeah. It does happen. And, you know, I, I think it happens uh it happens in everything, you know? Um comedy, you know, they're funny. Yes. So it's like that's a good thing. I, you know, comedy to me is like the closest to sports. I mean, you can get picked and, and pushed by the industry. You can be cold from the group and pushed. And, uh, but eventually, if you, don't, if you don't got chops, it's going to be exposed, you know? So it's like, but comedy is the closest to sports in the sense that it's kind of a meritocracy. I'm, that, and that's what I mean. Like, if you don't have chops, you, sh- you know, you're going gonna, gonna to be exposed at some point. But, you know, yeah, it's not sports. It's not as pure as sports. And you think sports is still pure? Sports is pretty. I mean, it's about winning. I mean, at the end of the day, that's what sells tickets. That's what. Well, yeah. I mean, bring, like you put together the best team to fucking win. You know. Yes, but there are a lot of factors in sports that kind of. If it's the purest of anything, I mean, nothing is a hundred percent pure. I mean, this is reality, and we're dealing with human beings. Yes. But as far as it's it un- is the one, purest, it's untouched once because it's untouched once it once the game starts it's untouched no one can adjust what happens and, on the court and the players are the picked players. based yeah. on their on their talent based on their, what they can achieve on mm-hmm. the on the floor you, you want the best team out there the best people so it's like they try to at least pick the best people of course they make mistakes of course some people get fucked yeah but gen- i mean you know 97 98 i like because i could talk sports with you because yes. you're, you're you know your sports chick yeah 97 98 percent of the ch- time it's no po- it's strictly i'm trying to win Oh, yeah. I mean, there is, of course, that politics. There is a little politics. But of all the fields, sports is the biggest meritocracy. And I would say comedy is right behind it. What would you say is the purest sport? The purest sport? Oh, that's a good question. I'd have to go um, tennis. Ah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Tennis, because it's just one on one. Mm -hmm. And especially now that they got instant replay with the challenges and shit. Yes. I mean, it's pure. I mean, what, what? it's me versus you. You can't blame it on anybody else. You know, uh, fucking um, the chair, the chair rump gets it wrong. 
boom, let's go to the replay. Yeah. Bam. It was I out. wanted to play tennis. My I was of the generation where every black parent wanted their daughter or son to play tennis because of Serena and Venus Williams. Hell yeah. Uh, but they didn't tell you that it's hot as fuck outside and there's no trees in Brooklyn. So I would get heat stroke trying to play tennis yeah. in my summer camps. And then I had this one little Wilson tick uh, racket that my dad had. So it was like an old school metal like Mac Were you and fast? Roll. Could you move around? No, I was fat as shit. <laughs> <laughs> Cause you're tall, so that I'm was, tall. It's not, I, it's not easy to be a tall because you got to be quick. You got to get. Well, I'm spots. tall, and I wasn't. I was definitely not agile. I wasn't. Yeah. When I say fat, I wasn't like super old, like American sized kid today. But yeah. like by 1990 standards, I was the bigger of the kids. You were big boned. Yeah, I love how we used to say that, and I thought that was real. And I was like, my bones are just really big. I just got big bones. I got brontosaurus bones. <laughs> Uh, but that leads us to Trump because you say that if if leads sports, us right into Trump. If you say that sports is, is purity yeah. and that there's no faking it, how long do you think he can last in his presidency without being found out as being a fake by the masses? Because we know he's dumb as shit and fake. What about his legions? I wouldn't say he's fans? dumb as shit. I mean, he's dumb he's as shit for president, for politics. Yeah, for po- for being a president in the United Someone States. Someone just told me that you know Ronald Reagan when he was elected president that they had to make cartoons to explain to him how the yeah. house and the Senate were. The whole were. Ronald Reagan shit is a fucking <laughs> myth. It was they, 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 he's just a myth. I mean, they made him into a myth, bec- and you know because of Russia was tanking anyway, so it's yeah. like they give him all the credit for Russia falling, but it's like. I mean, you give him a little credit for his relationship with Gorbachev, but you know a lot of that was Gorbachev too. Yeah, uh, you know, wanting to change shit. It's like Reagan just turned into a myth. He was not that great oh, a fucking yeah, he's, president. He has definitely the economy been, was fucking. The rich were rich and the poor were poor. It's the same old American story. Always. Um. So fuck Ronald Reagan. <laughs> but uh, yeah, what was the original? When when will people who oh, love Trump, Trump realize that he's a shim sham man? I mean, most people know that already now. I but mean, look, the majority followers? of the human beings didn't vote for him. I mean, yeah. it's like he's he's going to be the president with the biggest popular vote loss in American history. I mean, it's almost three million votes that he lost. But by. when are people who follow him going to be like, oh, they're, oh, they already know it now. They they just can't admit it yet. They already they see the cabinet picks and they're like, what the fuck? I mean, that's why it's kind of as a comedian. Yeah, it's hilarious. Yeah, because he does not give a Fuck. Did you see that speech where he was joking about the slogans? He's like, yeah, they gave me the slogan, Drain the Swamp. He was like, I didn't think it was good. Then I threw it out there. People went crazy. He was like, he's he basically, say, he's basically he admitting. this at the rally yeah, in front of people? Yeah, to them. <laughs> to the people who chant Drain the Swamp. He's like admitting that it was like a PR slogan that wasn't invented by him, that was suggested. But do you think, because now I'm starting to believe, not that I would never not believe him, but Michael Moore wrote this article months ago. He was like, one, Trump never wanted to be president. His whole announcement about running for presidency was really just to like, it was a media ploy to get more money out of NBC for The Apprentice because his negotiation was up for his contract. And then when he realized that people were like, oh shit, yeah, we'll really fuck with Trump. He was like, damn, I really got to do this. He never intended to win. He never intended. That's why he doesn't plan on being in the White House. That's why his wife isn't moving down there. That's why he's doing this fucking congratulations tour. Like he's at the point where he's like, I don't want to do this. I want Mike Pence. I don't want to sit in meetings all day. He doesn't take any briefings. Like, I, is he trying? I think he's no. trying to sabotage it, but I think not he's been. I think I don't know. I mean, you can't know for sure. Only he knows, you know. But I think he's been pushed by this alt right movement. Uh-huh. So it's uh, he. He's he had the ambition. He he's always talked about it since back in the eighties. It was always something floating around his head. Yeah, but he said that if I ran, I would run as a Republican because they're dumb as fuck. No, that that actually is a fake. quote. That's a fake quote. That's a fake quote. Yeah, he never said that. Really? Yeah, fake news goes both ways. Damn. Yeah, that's a fake quote. But he probably thinks that. <laughs> 
He probably thinks it. I mean, you could tell he has that smirk in his face. He knows. He's like R. Kelly. Look, he's, he's a Kelly New York. He, he was a Democrat till like three years ago. Yeah. He's he's voted for probably more Democrats. He's admitted the economy always does better under Democrats because at least the Democrats are a little bit more moderate about their fiscal policies. Mm-hmm. They know that you have to regulate Wall Street. You, they know that you have to have social programs because then the whole thing just fucking topples over. Yes. They, they try to seek balance. And even the old Republicans kind of knew that a little bit more. They were just a little bit more right. Yes. They were a little bit more. I mean, the Democrats aren't liberal. They're come fucking central. Yeah. That's what the Democratic Party is in the middle. So, I mean, he knows that a little. I mean, he's a fucking New Yorker. He's not yeah. like a... He's not like Mike Pence. But that's why he that's why his cabinet picks are just supporting his financial interests. He's just putting his people. He's he is putting in billionaires. Yes. It is fucking hilarious. I think uh the last one was um what is this uh this hockey dude or something? He's a secretary oh, yeah, yeah, of yeah. war. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the hilarious. president I'm the, the owner of a team. He's the yeah, owner and of a I mean people team. like look, people have this hope. You know, hope is it's like that, you know, hope people hope in fantasies that's what hope is for it's like you know religion and all that stuff they hope hope is based on a fantasy so they hope that this is going to work out but of course it's not of course it's not i mean of course it's not it's like giving a four-year comic an hour special because he's funny or whatever he has potential and thinking that the special is gonna be amazing, but see, it's people just don't even, impossible. But see, this is the reason why this is the reason why he has supporters is because no one realizes how hard it is for a four-year comic to do an hour unless you are a comic. So for people who really don't understand politics, policy, foreign policy, great point, economics, yeah. anything, they don't understand how a businessman who claims to be successful just can't run the country because it's a business. You just dealing with money, and I want more tax. Perfect back. point. Because yeah, politics is about compromise. Po- yes. com- politics is really when you get down to the to the nuts and bolts of it is about compromise. I got to make these people happy. I got to make these people. I got to find the policy that makes everything work. These people are going to be mad a little bit because they didn't get that. Those people are going to be mad because yeah. they didn't get that. But it kind of try to make it work for everybody. Mm-hmm. And when you're a businessman like him, and you've been a businessman, and that's the only thing you've been your entire life. Yes. Your only motivation your whole life has been to maximize profits for myself. His uh-huh. mind is trained yes. for that and that alone. He doesn't care about anybody else. So that people think that a whole group of people, you know, that he's that- going to change his mind. But that's what I'm saying. When are that? When are the people in the flyover states going to take to the streets and demand that Trump be gone? All right. Here's my true opinion of what's going to happen. I want to hear that. Yeah, this is my true opinion. Of what's going to happen? They're never really going to realize it because. We live in a dumb country. We're 18th in education in the world. We don't like to look at ourselves. We always, we like to keep, you know, perpetuating this myth that mm-hmm. we are um, this superpower. Yeah. Which we are, but we only are, we only are that superpower because of immigration, mm-hmm. right? Fucking uh, Steve Jobs was a fucking, his parents were Syrian immigrants. Yeah. He was adopted. Mm-hmm. All right, no Steve Jobs, no fucking Apple. The world doesn't change. There's tons of people. They, they've come from everywhere else. Yeah. Uh, Albert Einstein fucking came here. He's not from here. Yeah. Everyone comes from, we take the best from everywhere. We literally, literally take the best. He, the people who helped us build the H-bomb were from? From fucking over yeah. there, across yeah. the ocean. Yeah. I mean, we take, you look, You go to any hospital, it's like South Asian, Asian. I don't. I don't remember the last time. I, I, there's like fucking one white doctor yeah. when I go to the regular hospital. Regular white, not Jewish, just regular white. Yeah, regular white. Yeah. But usually it's like, no, now if you go to emergency room, it's a lot of Indian, a lot of South Asians, mm-hmm. a lot of Asians. A lot of Africans. A lot of Africans. Yeah. I actually had two 
uh, I had one African doctor in the emergency room. He put his hand in my ass. What? Yeah. He put his hand he in your ass? He put his hand in my ass. Why? Because why? I was like constantly, like I wasn't shitting. And he, he thought maybe there was some blockage. And uh, it's awkward no matter what. <laughs> if it's a dude or a chick, it's awkward. Like, because when I got shot, I got shot right here in my inner thigh. Yeah. And a female doctor put a finger in my ass. So it's not why? like it, that's why? better wait, wait. either. If you got shot, why is her finger in to your ass? To check if there was any rip in the sphincter. <laughs> Because it was so close, it was right here that the bullet entry oh wound was. Oh my gosh, she's so pointing she, to the middle I mean, of the, in, yeah, the I mean, inseam, the top yeah, inseam. I mean, of she the went jeans. in there, and you would think you'd like you'd have a sex preference as to who's going to put their finger in your. I th- would prefer a woman because nah, her finger would be smaller. No, nah, <laughs> yeah, yes, a little bit. Right. Either way, it's awkward. It's like so. Wait, you yeah. went to the emergency room because you couldn't shit. I couldn't shit. Yeah, something how was wrong. Long? This was another time. No, I was an adult. Yeah. No, I'm saying, how long were you not shitting that you decided to go to the emergency so like, room? Maybe you, a week. Why didn't you just get an enema? You didn't get an enema. I don't know. I'm an idiot. I'm not you that didn't good. go get a fucking enema. Yeah, I'm not good at stuff. Are you serious? So, yeah. They sell them at the drugstore. Yeah. They gave me some diuretic and I just shit it all out. But I have such nerve, like nerve problems. Not anymore because I'm, I'm like a, uh, it's just scar tissue on me. I'm a strong because I'm just been through so much shit. So it's like, but yeah, I was going through so much anxiety attacks at that time that it was, it was like a, a nervous system. Your bowels system. are locked up. It would, yeah, and it would, it, yeah. That was the consequence of that was the cause. Was my I'm, I'm a psycho, so it wasn't oh. anything physiological. I mean, it was like psychological. Yeah, but you know that it's all connected. It so, is all connected. It is all connected. Yeah. So yeah, I had an African doctor, and he uh, he stuck his finger in my ass. <laughs> and uh, but yeah, so you know, we come, so we have that myth. Yeah. That that that, that um, America mm-hmm. is great, but what makes America great, and it's true, is that we 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 call the best from everywhere and say come here because we give and them opportunity or whatever. People don't realize how fortunate we are to be here, and that's why people are like I'm leaving, especially black people now. Like I'm leaving Louis Ferris. Louis, when Louis Farrakhan said, "You we need to get up out. We need to get up out." Where are you gonna go? Um. Well, you can go if you're if you're black in America. You can go to Liberia and Ghana with no questions Fuck asked. That. They are. They accept black people. Would you want to go there? If I was black, I wouldn't want to go there. Um, I don't think so. I would be. I would be one of those people that would stay and fight. And because you know, it's interesting because whenever you see like those those movies or even or you hear stories where someone is being under siege or feel like they're about to be attacked and they feel like they're back to a corner and they kill themselves mm-hmm. and then they get liberated like two hours later. Like mm-hmm. I would, I would wait it out. I would never just like short, like short change my chances like yeah. that. Yeah. So I would stay, I would fight. I would, I would want to see what happens. I would want to see what happens. And I'm kind of glad that he is in this position so that it can show white people that the things that you want to believe are obsolete. Like the fact that you want coal mining jobs back in 2016 is dumb as as fuck. You should be asking the government to help like fund some clean energy jobs or fucking learn how to code and program something that can make you a hundred thousand dollars a year. Why would you want to like risk your life and your health to keep a job? Cause your grandpappy had it. Well, there's some dirty truths that people just don't want to admit. And that's, you know, we, everyone thinks that jobs go overseas just because they're cheaper. It's not. It's because they're also more efficient. The workers in China mm-hmm. and the workers in these countries, maybe it's because they're poor and they just work harder. And they don't have unions. They don't get a two-hour lunch break. But even and- further than that, they just make better products. Mm-hmm. They do it more efficiently. Yeah. It's like, and that's just a reality. And those jobs are just not coming back to, they, you know, and like undocumented labor, uh, 
you can't compete with it. They're yeah. better. Mexicans just work harder. They tried to ban Mexicans in two states. They tried to do what I think it was Georgia and um, was it Arizona, South Carolina, no, South Carolina and Georgia maybe. I know Georgia for sure. Uh huh. Right. So they tried to do it. They, they you can look this up. Sixty Minutes did a thing on this. They tried to do it. So, but the our agriculture industry farming is like dependent on undocumented labor. Of course, because you no American is going to nobody commit. Can, they can't go twelve hour days. These, mother, these Mexicans are out there working, and they fucking they get their systems down. They were showing it on Sixty Minutes, like you know they they picking these watermelons, and they had like a chain of pea, and they were putting yeah. them in. If you get an American American dude, they said they tried to use like even prison, like no, but first of all, they nobody wanted to do it, yeah. so they couldn't hire anyone. Yeah, right. So they they got rid of the Mexicans. And they were trying to get Americans to do it. No Americans wanted to. Do of course not. It. So then they tried to use prisoners, mm. and they said these motherfuckers were out there asking for smoke breaks. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's just the way it works. Yeah, you I got love, if you're I not hungry, it, yeah. you know. Like my grandparents when they came here, my grandpa, my, you immigrants are hungry. They mm -hmm. just work harder. You get here, you're comfortable. You know, it's like my grand, my grandfather came here from Egypt, right? Well, he was he's from a tiny island called Imbros, which is like a, now Turkish. The Greeks were like a tiny oppressed minority on what used to be a Greek island that now Turkey is now a Turkish island. So he fled from there, went to Egypt. I mean, just the people who I, I have a bit about it, but like the people who seek a better life yeah. are motivated fucking people. When you get here, you are ready to go. You're ready to go because those are the type of personalities yeah. that that do that pursue that mm -hmm. to go from fucking Egypt to this, to come to a country you don't speak the language, learn the language, start as a busboy, save every single single dollar, get your brother to come, become a waiter. Then my my grandfather was a waiter for fucking years and he saved enough money. He opened a diner, of course. He's yeah. Greek, you know. It's like. Who, what American's gonna do that? Yeah. You know? It's like you gotta be motivated to, for survival and we're just comfortable because here. Because even, even poor people in America still buy $150 sneakers. Exactly. Poor poor here yeah. is different from like poor yeah. somewhere else. And the people who are truly, truly poor like dirt road, no electricity, they're so ignored that we act like they don't exist in this country. Yeah, you know, no, it's bad. The simple fact that we still want kids to pay for lunch and they, and, these, and we'll say to them, you can't afford lunch money. You, you get a cheese sandwich every day. Yeah. And these are American students who you want to be empowered to lead the country it's at brutal. some point. And, you know, while we do that, we're sending billions of dollars in, in war aid to other countries. Yeah. You know, we have the biggest military budget of any country. And we're, people want We more. are an empire, though. You know, so it is like you want yeah. your fucking, you want your shit cheap. You want your... TV's cheap at Walmart or whatever. You want your car to run on oil? It's fucked up. There's no easy answers. But to answer your question earlier, so this is what I think is going to happen. I think it's going to be a very dark four years. But you know he keeps saying, you know, you know he keeps saying eight years on purpose. Well, or it could be eight. Because he keeps saying it. Because what I think is he's, there's going to be wars. I think we're about due for a big, big, unfortunate war. Wars, skirmishes, and you know... Unfortunately, the precedent has been set mm -hmm. where all the recent commander in chiefs do not even declare war, don't even ask Congress for permission. They just mm -hmm. call them military operations yeah. and they do what they fucking want. Uh, I don't know how that's been circumvented. It's unconstitutional. Obama's done it. Clinton's done it. Uh, G.W. Bush has done it. His dad does it. Yeah. Everyone has been doing it. I mean, that's yeah. the precedent that's I been remember, set. I remember being a kid and seeing Desert Storm on television being like, how is this not World War Three?" Well, you're supposed to ask Congress. You're supposed to yeah. ask Congress's permission to go to war. 
but nowadays all these covert operations and classified they just do whatever we're just bombing it's not a war mm-hmm. we're just so the commander-in-chief has just taken full control and just launches wars but he doesn't call them wars they're military they're fucking wars yeah we're bombing countries that's mm-hmm. a war and it's not on the news nobody knows about no, nobody it. knows about that and then that's what they do so he's gonna do the same thing and well, what when country you, do you think huh what country do you think i think that i think the uh, middle east is gonna is gonna go up in flames i think we're gonna partner up with russia mm-hmm. it's gonna be a mess like russia putin wants to expand He's already taken Crimea. He wants the Ukraine. He wants the he wants the former USSR. He wants all that shit. He may even go to Finland. Finland's right. Who the fuck knows? And the reason why he wanted Trump to be president so bad is because he knows Trump um, is going to reevaluate NATO, which is crazy. Yeah. And so he's going to have more of an isolationist policy and let Putin do what he wants because he's going to align himself with Putin against Islamic terror. Mm-hmm. Islamic terror is a problem. But it's, it's not, not a bi- as big a problem yeah. as people make it into. I it's mean, not we, an economic problem. Look, this is an ugly truth that nobody, and, and you know, as a black person, you will probably, you probably, this will resonate with you. Mm-hmm. It's like white supremacist terrorism has killed yeah. just as many people, if not more. Mm-hmm. I don't know the exact numbers, yeah, but I know more. it's at least equal yeah. to Muslim terrorists in this country. Mm-hmm. But you don't hear shit about that. No. And if you even there was there was an article I read recently where they where they actually asked law enforcement agencies what was a bigger threat or problem for them. And they admitted it was these Mm anti-government white supremacist groups that are fucking armed to the teeth. They have training sessions. They're armed to the fucking teeth. And, you know, they're motivated, motivated by this by this mantra of white supremacy and, you know, you get some fucking kid going into a black church and yeah. slaughtering nine people. Yeah. That is terrorism. Which they don't want that to call That is it. terrorism. But nobody calls it that. Yeah. But that's what it is. It's motivated, same thing, by a fucking mantra, by a, you know, a hateful ideology. And you're slaughtering people. Yeah. That's a hate. That's that's terrorism. And so you don't hear about that shit. No. I forgot what my original point was. No, you're saying what's going to happen? He's going to start oh, a war. So there will be war. So yeah, that's what's going to happen. He's going to line himself with uh, with. When Putin. is China coming? China. He's going to keep fucking around with China. Huh? Um, Taiwan's going to be start becoming an issue. China fucking wants that back. Um, who the? Who, I I don't know what's going. I I can't predict what's going to happen with China. I cannot predict that. I do know what's going to happen with Russia. I do know what Putin, what Putin is motivated by. He wants to expand. He already did it. He already took illegally annexed Korea. What's the reason for it? Why anyone ever wants to explain? Resources, power. You know, you want to take countries instead of paying for fucking oh, resources. Wait, wait, and Ukraine has has oil, right? Is that what it is? Probably. I, think, I don't know the specifics, yeah. but there's resources there. Whatever the fuck it is, yeah. that's why everyone wants to expand. Um, the, the the Middle East, Putin is in there now. He wants, you know, you want it. That's why we're there. Yeah, we jacked their oil. I of mean, course. that's who we're yeah, there. That's what all people of our suffer. We prop up are. some regime like the Saudi regime. Yeah, the Saudi regime's rich. We get our shit. We make a deal with them, and the people, the people who reside above the land from which we're sucking the fucking oil dry, get shit. Yeah, and so Putin's in there, and he he wants more of that. So that's what's gonna happen. And so there's gonna and and. Trump is going to weaken NATO. He's going to, he's going to, you know, Putin's going to take some. Maybe he'll go into Ukraine a little further and we're not going to do shit because he's going to be our partner in, in, in yeah. terrorism. And he's already, uh, this Erd, Erdogan or whatever the fuck his Turkish name and he's a dictator over there. 
um, you know, they're propping up everywhere. These right wing dictators are propping up everywhere. Yeah, these, who these want to close, close the borders and get rid of immig- immigrants and, and this whole like yeah, anti- they're gonna start shipping fucking Muslims out. And um, but yeah, there's gonna it's gonna be in the Middle East. There's gonna be bigger wars in the Middle East, and then. Who the fuck knows what's going to happen? But yeah. it's going to be bad. We will be engaged more militarily. And um, and the reason I bring that up is, and the reason why I think that's why people will never realize how much they're getting shafted is because once that starts, nobody, everyone just locks into that patriotism mode. And yeah. they're just like, they, they, there's an enemy and we're focused on that. And you don't see that you're getting fucked. Yeah. And that's how it always works. And that's why presidents usually start wars right before they're up for re-election. Because nobody ever um, questions dethrones about, yeah. a fucking commander in chief during a war, so there'll be more of it. More of the same, just on a bigger scale. And he's a fucking moron, so he's gonna fuck up big. How is that going to impact comedy? Good question, and I have the answer. I have an opinion. I'm not gonna say answer. <laughs> I'm so arrogant. I, I my first instinct was I have the answer. I'm usually right. Let's be honest. No, you sound very Trumpian right my now. My opinion, yeah. <laughs> my opinion on how it's gonna affect comedy. Yeah is I really do believe the silly era of comedy um, is kind of over a yeah. little bit. I feel like people... I fucked, I fucked a guy last night. Yeah, <laughs> I think people want to hear, people are seeking to hear stuff that uh, is a little deeper, has a little more truth to it. I think I agree. trying to be more social and political. But I think there's a splinter. I think, I think there are people who want to hear more serious things that, that touch into their personal beliefs that they haven't been able to articulate. So you'll get like the Carlin-esque type of thing coming back. But I also think that there's going to be a, a large group of people who just want clean, non-confrontational comedy. I think the silly, gross shit is going to fade out. Yeah. But I think there's going to be people who want like family-oriented. To escape Brian to the other Regan, side. And then Good there's going to be other people who like, the man is out to kill us. Pro- you're, you're probably dead on. Yeah, you're yeah. right. Because people are going to be so inundated with that shit all the time. They're going to be like, I want something. Com- I want an escape. Yeah. To complete clean. I don't want to hear about it. I don't want to. You're probably right. Yeah. So are you going to be able to do both? I can't do both, man. <laughs> I am what I am. I know it's not perfect. And I know it's not the best. You know, it's not the. I mean, when you think about all the greats, they've all, they all did clean and then they just gave yeah, then it they up. Turn at it. Some point. I just, I am what I, I go out there and I, I say shit and people, people, uh, I polarize a little bit. I can't help it. Were you I, always that way from the beginning? or From the beginning. You, really? And I don't recommend it. Yeah. I should have done it that way. I should have I should have started with, you know, nice five minutes about my family, you know, Greek. <laughs> Play, so, uh, yeah, I went so the, uh, my went parents the ethnic rallies. Being Greek in America, you know, you know, did my mom's voice for 10 minutes. Yeah. You know, and I'm not knocking that. I'm saying I should have done that. I'm, I'm not saying I'm saying that's what I think you should do and then sort of you know nice and palatable mm-hmm. nice and like you know everyone's happy you know everyone's smiling kind of shit no yeah I, I started ranting I started ranting in from, rooms from the from, from the day jump, one from the jump that's a lot of that's a ranting. lot of either anger or confidence and it is anger I have anger problems yeah yes I'm much better now I used to you know I used to beat women beat women yeah and just <laughs> 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 no yeah i used to yell at audiences a lot 
And um, oh, were you were you one of those people that were like, "You guys are stupid. This is yes. funny." If they fuck didn't, you guys, that yeah. was a good joke. I hate that. I think that's one of my biggest pet peeves it in sucks. comedy. It's, is when somebody was like, "Fuck you guys, that was no, a good it's like, joke." It's not no, the audience, it's you. Yeah, it wasn't a good joke. So I sucked, but you know, I wasn't good. So I would rant, mm-hmm. and there was no punches or anything like that. And then from there, I think I've learned to sort of punch that up and uh, make it more palatable. So I've kind of worked backwards. I think. I think you you should start. You know, set a punch, nice and easy, talk about your family, nice stuff, and then graduate to that because that's hard to make funny. But I just did it. I just fucking jumped into it and, yeah. and sucked for a very long time. I was really bad at comedy for a really long time. I don't think I was, um, I hate to say it like this, I don't think I was bad at comedy. I just wasn't in tune with who I j- authentically was on stage. Which means if you knew me, you'd be like, who is that person up there? But it, it was still getting laughs. It just didn't resonate with making me unique in any way. You know uh-huh. what I mean? I know Especially what you mean. when you're a woman comic, it's like dating and yeah. guys. Sounds and like what you mean. It's like you were finding your voice. I yeah. was finding my, I was, I was fine. I knew who I was because I started later, but I think that you have an idea of what a performance you is versus who you really are. You don't, you don't get yeah. on stage and be like, I'm going to be the same person I was two minutes ago yeah. on the same stage that I just walked up on. Well, it's hard. Yeah. Because and I think finding your voice, if one was to, one were to actually define, find the anatomy of what that means it's like look what we do you go up there you're very vulnerable Mm -hmm. you're up there you're trying to get laughs it's not easy to just be yourself and and uh right off the bat you gotta like get laughs first and then sort of then like you kind of sneak who you are slowly into it yes and then when you get better at you're more confident and more comfortable and then people come to you for you yeah that's we see i'm not at your point yet i'm not at the point where people come to see me for me i don't know if i'm there yet either what are you talking about you sell out shoes all over the country not as me (laughs) (laughs) i mean uh they enjoy me Okay, they, so if you don't know who yeah. the, inf- the the world renowned Giannis Papas is, the world is, renowned. If we were, if I was world renowned, we wouldn't be sitting in a one bedroom <laughs> in Bay Ridge, Brooklyn, right now. You could be humble. <laughs> the man from IKEA still wears, yeah, you know, hand me down clothes. Bill Gates wears the same outfit all day long. Mark Zuckerberg doesn't change his clothes. You That's know what I'm true. saying? But uh, yeah, those people actually are world renowned. So okay, well, your character Mauricia is, yeah. I would say, mostly world renowned. Not world. renowned now she is she's big in new york she's big in miami she's big in pockets uh mr panos is big mostly with greeks and financial people because mm-hmm. of that one blog i did uh the greek financial crisis and uh which is i mean i got one time i got hired by this hedge fund dude to go do his birthday it was like he gave me like 10 grand <laughs> was it did you have a good set yeah, was, I had to do him, so it was great. Oh, yeah, you just did. Oh. I just did him. It was just I went to this party. It was all financial dudes, head fudge dudes, and yeah, it was just I did him. How much time did you do? I had to do. I was supposed to do a half hour. I ended up doing an hour because I was having so much fun. Graham K. I did it. It was in Canada, in Toronto, and uh, Graham K. You know Graham K. No, who's that? He's a comic. He's Canadian, but he, he's I love Graham. He's funny as shit. But he went first, and he just, I mean, he ate it so bad. <laughs> And when I do the character, I like having some, like Angelo Lozada usually stays on stage with yeah. me so I can interact. Mm-hmm. But he did so bad. I just like went up there as Panos and like he just sat down on a stool. <laughs> like we were supposed to do like a two man. I had like yeah. questions set up for yeah. him and I was just like, I just took it and just ran with it because it was such a bad situation that I had to try to make good. But it's so hard. It's so hard, <laughs> hard. to do comedy for corporate people because they're, Very not, hard. they're not funny. 
and they really want you. They really just. It's want not it. a comedy show. They want to be entertained. Yeah, and it's not a comedy show. And they, They're they partying. Yes, and then you just grab a mic and stop their good time. They're having a great time mingling and then you go hey guys stop having a great time to come listen yeah, to some comedy so it's like and they say it like that hey you guys want to listen listen to some comedy listen to some skits <laughs> <laughs> they're like no i just did a corporate party um it's hilarious the whole time it was on a dance floor there was a dj behind me oh people were gosh. eating it was in a banquet hall and behind me was the bar people just kept <laughs> doing what they were doing at the bar behind me like a hundred people behind me just mingling talking and I just perform it, but I've been doing it long enough, and I've done enough of those to know, like, don't take it personally. Just oh yeah, don't you know, even start don't start the car. Them. Give me the check. Yeah, I'll do whatever I need to do to survive. Yep. Don't address them. Don't draw attention to just it. Just fucking yeah, barrel through it. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I did a I did a a firehouse fundraiser, which is always fun. And mm-hmm. me and the other three comics walk in around the same time. And, you know, there's like the frontline guys who are just checking in, you know, like the guys who work at the fire station who are just like, all right, you guys are comedians. Well, Tim is going to take you to your room. But they, everybody is telling you what they personally want as you're going to your room. <laughs> so they're like, you guys going to make fun of someone? So yeah. you should make fun of someone. Yeah, so. yeah. But instead of doing that, they was like, no politics, yeah. no politics, <laughs> no politics, no politics, no, po- no politics. Right. No politics. Right. And we were like, I guess they don't want us to talk about because right. I'm pretty sure most of them vote for right, right. So that's what we are when it comes to like people infringing on our creative process. They're like, I feel I should be able to tell you what I don't want to hear now. Yeah. Because yeah. I hear it every day. But that's the type of gig you just go, all right, oh, get yeah, the yeah. check ready. Yeah. And, I just yeah. went up there and talked to my grandmother. Yeah, and my whatever dad. you want. That's what I do. I'm like, for those gigs, those gigs is just money gigs. Yeah. I'm just like, whatever you want, I'll go out and do it. You want me to make fun of that guy? Tell me a little bit about him. Whatever. I'm your monk. <laughs> I will be your monkey for the fucking, I'm your dancing fuck. I'm up there bye, 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 for whatever you want me to yeah. do for an hour. I'll fucking do it. I know. I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't take any of that shit. I used to when I like at the first, I was like, because you want to ta- show your comedic chops, yeah, but you that's wanna, not what that's yeah. for. And I also would take it personally. If like people behind me weren't listening, I'd take it fucking personally oh, yeah. and I'd be like, what the fuck? But now I'm just like, look, it's your party. Yeah. You guys you got, you gave me that money. This is, I know it's not going to go good. I go in knowing like it's not going to go good. Yeah. I'm like, this is at best is going to go. All right. You know, you know that it's not going to go good when you walk and you be like, so, um, is your food? <laughs> Where's the food at? Is it food? <laughs> yeah. I want to eat now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not waiting until later. I want my food now. Yeah. And the cars, I got the car ready. <laughs> I got somebody with the engine started and just like hand me the check and let's get out of here. Did you officially kill Mauricia? No. Um, oh yeah, that's what we were originally talking about. Yeah. So um, yeah, so she's she's popular in like a couple places. Mm-hmm. You know, are she's you very popular with Latins, with gays. Um, she's very popular with women, um, um, and you know, and urban in urban areas. Yeah. She's an urban character. I mean, I can't go to Kansas. No. they'd be like, this is transgender. First of all, they would think that you were really yeah. They'd be like, this is, why are we watching this? Yeah. yeah. So and Greeks, Greeks don't like it at all. Greeks are they homophobic? Greeks are very fucking conservative, and uh, well, they Greek, have a lot of church. They do a they, lot. Of, they do a lot of church. They're just conservative. They, they don't have you Easter know. like a week earlier, or something, which is right? ironic because like the word lesbian is named after the island Lesbos, yeah. and like if you look back at it, the Greek glory days of antiquity, they was fucking little it boys. Was fucking everybody. Yeah, it was homosexually pedophilia. It was all happening. It was cults. Yeah, it, I mean, it was just homosexuality was a part of the culture. Yeah. It was like so. You trained a young boy by getting in that asshole. And that's what happened. How to, Greek you know. and Roman. It happened in Ottomans. It was a bad thing. 
I mean, but yeah, I, as far as homosexuality, it was a normal thing. I was yeah. like, yeah. So it's kind of ironic in that way. But yeah, they don't, they don't, they don't get into that. And, and but moreover, they just want to hear about Greek shit. Got it. Greeks got it, got just want to hear Greek shit. So, um, so it's weird. Yeah, my career is weird because people come to shows to see him. When I do those shows, the character shows with him yeah. and her and me, I created that. I used to do shows with her, and I used to do shows with him, mm-hmm. and I kept them separate. And then I was like. That's too fucking much. Because you have to come back around and do the other it's person. It's like, whatever. Let's yeah. just throw it all together. So I, it's amazing. Me and Angelo, and he could speak about it too because he's just a, as big a part of the show as me. He's the glue. He stays up there the whole time till I close as myself. And um, we just made it. We just forced people. We just forced. <laughs> the people who are there to see Marisa, they're forced to sit through him. And so we, he goes first? He goes, he goes first. Unless we're in Chicago which is another, I don't know how long we got. It's a funny fucking story when she bombed. It was hilarious. Really? I mean, it, she never has bombed because the people who come are such fans. Yes. When she gets announced, it's usually pandemonium. You hear screams. But we were in, we were in Chicago. So first time. It was a large Greek population. It was all Greek. The audience uh. was all, and we didn't know. We didn't know. So he went up first because usually we like to get him out of the way because he does okay, but he doesn't do as good as she does. Yeah. Right? And he's a harder pill to swallow and he's kind of racist mm-hmm. and hateful and mm-hmm. ethnocentric. So we go up. He murders. I mean, <laughs> for the. I mean, it was like it was like her. Yeah. You just crush. We didn't still put it together. So we're thinking like we're looking at each other like yeah we finally figured him out. Yeah. You know we got this shit down. So it comes up. Then you know I'm changing to her, and uh, you hear Angela go like all right you guys ready to see the queen? And it just you heard it echo. You heard Angelo's <laughs> word echo off the walls. You know, in the Schomburg Improv, got high ceilings. So it's just echoing. You guys ready to hear the queen? Queen, queen. It was like Lou Gehrig giving a speech. <laughs> and I was like, that's weird. But you know, at the time, you're not putting it together. Because you're, you're getting like, dressed. Yeah, what the fuck? That's weird. But I heard it. I, was, I mean, I was like, where's the screams and shit? Nothing. Then the song comes on, which makes it even worse. So the song comes on, and that shit is just echoing off the walls. Usually it's filled with screams yeah. and shit. Yeah. And just echoing. I just hear echoes. And he goes, give it up. And he didn't put it together either. So he still got the same high level of enthusiasm. <laughs> He's like, give it up for the queen, Marisa. And then you just hear the song echoing in silence. Oh and I come God. out and I'm just going. And then she just, she was eating it so bad <laughs> that I moved the mic at one point. I was like, yo, just wrap this up. And then <laughs> I was like, yo, wrap, just wrap it up. And so we did like five minutes because it was that bad. Yeah. And so then in Chicago, we switched them. And we did. We were like maybe a couple people coming to see her. Yeah. So we did her quick. And then we did him second. And then I would close as me. So now, yeah. But that was thankfully the first show in Chicago and you figured it out. That was the first show in Chicago and figured oh, it out. Yeah, the first goodness. show of the weekend. It was so hilarious. Like, <laughs> it was fucking... That echo was just like... You could hear the echo, and then and then you could see the people's faces. Being like, wait, what? When I went out as her, people were like, they because they don't even know who she is. Wow, they don't even know the Greeks are there to see Panos. They're see that's who they're. Yeah. That's why they came. So when you flipped it and you made her shorter, did they laugh or not they- really? We just got it over with. You know, <laughs> there's maybe a few people that came to see her. You know, we were in Schomburg, so it's like that's a suburb of Chicago. Oh. When we did Up, which was in Chicago. Mm-hmm. It was about even, like Latins, because Latins right. live in Chicago. Mm-hmm. So, and, uh, and there's a lot of Puerto Ricans in Chicago. So yeah. they came out to see her, and it was about equal. So okay, that, okay. those shows were great at Up. But in Schomburg, it was all Greeks. 
So tell me about some of these first heckler experiences you had in your early days when you were running. Because every, I feel like every comic in New York has nice to, way to bring it full circle. I like to, that. I'm very Back good at what I tweet. do. Back to the tweet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, every comic in New York, your your rite of passage is to run a show. Yeah. A terrible, shitty ass show. Yeah. Where you hate everybody that's there, but you're glad that they're there because or else you would just be the comics in the back. You're getting stage time. You're getting, you're getting stage getting time. Genuine stage time, yeah. You, but you think that is going to lead to so much more than it ever, ever does. Well, a few shows have become big, you know, like Hannibal's show and like the whole Rafifi movement. I mean, it's happened where those shows. Yeah. I mean, the, you know, the what is that one in L.A. that they made into a TV show? Meltdown. Meltdown. I mean, mm-hmm. it happens with the hipster fucks. Very rare. Yeah. And and it's really just the hipster alt Pretty much. You're Comedy right. Room. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, How many shows have you ever had? How many? Well, I did a lot. I started in Black Room. Like, I started, the first shows I did was Black Room. Really? Yeah, I started, um, me and Donnell became friends, Donnell Rawlings mm-hmm. became friends early on. So me and him, my first show that I did was with him. Mm. We did a room together. Uh, my buddy's own, that I grew up with, owned this place called Southpaw on Fifth Avenue. Before Park Slope. Yeah. This was 2000 and I think I've been three, there before. Four. Yeah. It's really long. It was really long, right? It was really big. Long. Yeah. It was yeah. a music venue. Yeah. So that was the first show I did, was me and Donnell. We only made it two shows. And the first show, it was all my friends came to it. And then the second show was just nobody. And Donnell, you know, he didn't bring anybody really at that time. Donnell had a very successful room called Poke Knockers in um, Bed-Stuy. And that's where I started doing shows there, Poke oh. Knockers. It was Tuesday, all black, and it was fucking hard. And the only white people I ever saw perform there was Bill Burr, Rich Voss, and I think me. That was it. Wow. And I sucked. So I bombed there. And when you bomb in front of black people, oh, it is frightening. You have to leave the building. It is frightening. Yeah. They they don't make you feel okay about it. No. White people are just like, you know, embarrassed for you. Black but people are angry. Yeah. Black people are like, what the fuck is it? You know? <laughs> White people like black people are like, what the fuck? So yeah, there's one time I bombed there so bad that Were you there when Burr? It was like an out of body experience. Were you there when Burr I was there when Burr there I was Burr there. And you knew if anyone watched Burr back then and you were a comic or trying to get, you knew where it was going to go. Because he went in there comfortable. He didn't go in there like, Rick Rich Voss would go in there, I don't want to say pandering, yeah. but kind of, kind of, you know. Angsty. He, well, angsty, but he kind of also, he was funny. Mm-hmm. He killed, but he kind of would like skewed what he was doing for more of a black audience. Got you it. could tell like the jokes kind of skewed. Burr just went up to the first thing he said, and I'll never forget it when I saw him at Poknakas. This had to be 2001, maybe, mm-hmm. or two. Probably 2001. First thing he said when he got up there was like, it's good to be back in the old neighborhood. And it just, <laughs> that was the first thing he said, and it crushed, you know? And then he just crushed, like just being him, just the same as he is now, just crushed with great jokes, yeah. great, and just completely comfortable. And um, people forget that. I mean, people forget that he was just a regular New York City comic. People like, you know, he used to be at the Landon all the time. He was like, everywhere at the time. Yeah. Regular. I remember seeing him up at Donald's room on, uh, which is really the room I got my start, which was Marion Square on 95th Street, mm-hmm. um, where Donald had a weekly room on a Wednesday. I remember seeing him there in the back, sitting by the pool table, going over his jokes and shit. Yeah. You know, 2005, 2006. Yeah. He was just, a, he was a comic. Yeah. Like me and you, he was just running around the city. You know, and uh, he didn't break till at four, after 40, you know, I mean, late yeah. 30s, early 40s when it started. So but, you um, have time. Huh? You have time. 
hope maybe I, I think it could be over <laughs> you never know i could be past peak it's scary you never know but yeah hopefully <laughs> wait so then what made you turn to the hecklers and be like you think you fucking funnier than me come up here angry it's just insecurity you know his insecurity jokes weren't that good i thought they were better than they are um you know shit like that and just they wasn't would, good they would get up on stage and so yeah so to that tweet I, I mentioned bar four so i had tons of room it started with donnell we had that room. Then I would always, I must have had like 10 rooms oh, wow. where I would only squeeze a couple weeks out of them. But that was great <laughs> because I would get, I would do a lot of time. Yeah. I wasn't one of these dudes who did a show and had like 10 comics down. <laughs> <laughs> when people do that, I'm like, why the fuck are you doing your room? Yeah. Yeah. When they go up there and do a quick seven and then yeah. they just bring up 10 comics. I'm like, mm-hmm. what the fuck is that for? So I was like, the whole point of having a room is to get on stage. I wasn't getting on stage in the club. So for me, this was, I would do like 40. I would make the audience sit there. Oh, wow. And that probably killed the rooms, too. Probably. Yes, definitely did. Yes. But I would, you know, that's how I learned. And so, um, and then two shows clicked for me. Two shows eventually clicked for me after I'd done maybe 10 different rooms all over the place. Uh, Bar 4 and Building on Bond, where I would do a monthly. And they were both great shows. Building on Bond especially was great. It was a month. I did one show, packed in like 30 people in this room. I had everybody down there. It was fucking great. I paid them. It was great. Bar four was another, if you're a young comic listen, the best way to do it is to know the owner or if the owner's cool and gets it and like lets you build and shit. So I knew the owners kind of and they were just like, go ahead on Sundays. When I started popping, they gave me a little budget. I spent it on beer, but whatever, you know? And um, so bar four got popular and it was steady every week. It was every week. And I would, it was really became the room that I would put my print on. Like I would crush in there. I would go long. Comedians would be upset because I would course, go so long. But then that. they just accepted it. Like that's what happens at bar four. Oh yeah. You just show up late for your spot. Or they just accept it. I'm going to do long. I could go up there in between comics and do 20. And oh, it's just what it's going to be. I hate it. Yeah, it's it. bad. But it. people accepted it is what it's going to be. Yeah. Cause, because also when you're doing rooms like that, it's like, especially on an off night like a Sunday, there's no place else to go. No. So you might as well just fucking sit there. Yeah. And it just became part of the energy in the room. Like it was very my room. And um, if you could do well there, you were funny. Because I would go up there and I really, if I was on, like, because I would go on these long rants and I started to kind of get a little better at stand-up. So, you know, if I was on, I would crock. It would go well. And I would go long. And the audience would like me a lot. And then you'd have to go up there and follow that shit. And if you tried to do that, like, if you tried to start, like, Ripping oh, yeah. on me, it no. was the wrong way to do it because yeah. the crowd was like, they don't know that I went long. They don't know I bro- I'm being a dick to other comics. They're just like, we love him. Yeah. What the fuck are you doing? Oh. So, but I would, if it, if there was, it was a rowdy bar room. So like sometimes people would be talking or, you know, they wouldn't be folks on the show and I would just rip into people. I just, it was a room where I let my demons really fly around the room. Oh. Yeah, because I would drink a lot. Is my mother first start? That was like when the Alzheimer's that my mother has started kicking. So I was going through a lot. So I would just drink mm-hmm. and let my demons fucking fly. Yeah. So sometimes I would ruin the show too. Oh. Often, not too often. <laughs> so, but I had such control of that room that when there was a heckler, what I would do, my policy at that room, and I did it every time. They started heckling a comic, or they were heckling me. Um, I would tell them. I would get back up on stage after they heckled a the comic and be like engage them be like all right you it's your t- you want to you th- you're funny you think it's funny i, I want to tell you before you go up i'm even going to tell you before up that you're going to buy i'm going to tell you it's not going to go good yeah i'm going to tell you you think you're funny whatever it's easy to shout shit out in the darkness mm-hmm. 
sucks, you know? It's like I was a funny, I was always a class clown for fucking my whole life. I was yeah. the funniest kid around. Doesn't mean I was a good comic. Yes, exactly. Doesn't mean I could do it on stage, right? Same thing with Donald Trump. It's like, you're saying all this shit, doesn't mean you're going to be able to do it. Yeah. It's a totally different ballgame. Mm-hmm. So, and that's who Donald Trump is. He's a heckler. He went up there, he's heckling a sta- the elite, the yes, politicians. Like he's not one of them. Yeah, yeah, he's heckling, heckling, fucking, this sucks, this sucks, you suck, you suck. That's basically what he does. Yeah. It's terrible. Leadership is terrible. Obama's terrible. She's I terrible. Do that. And now it's like, all right, motherfucker, now you're on stage. Yeah. Let's see what you got for three, for four minute years. Yeah. So the 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 you know the hecklers would go up on stage, and it was, dude, it, uh, the funniest thing, and I remember this, I remember this so clearly, is the same thing every time the heckler would get on, and turn, like get the get the mic, <laughs> and turn. To the, to the stage. To the audience. It was the same, <laughs> the same facial expression. Of it's like, clear. It's like the same. Yeah. It's this thing where you could see them feel time kind of slow down. Because you remember when you start five minutes. It's forever. It's forever. You can feel like you can see them like in a dream. You see their eyes in like a deer in headlights. And it, it's, it's so clear. I can see it right now. They all had the same expression. And then there's that silence. And you can see them feel that silence. And then they start talking. You hear that nervousness in their voice. Mm-hmm. And uh, and they were cocky as shit. They were always cocky as shit back there. But do you think any of them were plants? Like, do you think they were like, hey, no. man, I'm going to do this so I can get on stage? No, no, because it didn't happen that often. It wasn't oh, like a okay. known thing. It happened maybe five, seven times. Yeah. And, uh, and then they would bomb. And then they would bomb. And then sometimes if I really didn't like them, I would heckle them and crack the, crack the place up. <laughs> So, yeah, so for me, it just, when I was thinking that, when I tweeted that, I was thinking about Donald Trump, and I was like, it's feel like, you know, it's like an analogy. It's the same thing, because that's exactly what he is. He's just, that's how he rose, was heckling. Yeah. And like, now he's got the stage, and it ain't gonna go well. It ain't gonna go well. (laughs) But the thing is that I don't think the audience is gonna turn on him initially, because they don't want to admit that they are... Because of wars. Yeah. Because of wars, and you know, it sucks that politicians do that, and they resort to that, yeah. and they do party above everything. They do that, and patriotism. But when you start a war and you have a oh, common yeah, yeah. enemy, people ignore how much they're starving. So you know, ultimately, the optimist in me feels like, look, most people are just regular, normal people, and they just want to have a good job mm-hmm. and do all that. So to answer your question, I think despite the wars whatever it'll make it longer but people will realize when their lives don't get better when shit yeah. doesn't improve for them personally when their pockets aren't fatter and their jobs aren't better and there's not more jobs and all that, that shit that he's duped. promising yeah then they'll realize fuck this guy Giannis Papas what makes you a social misfit what makes me a social misfit yes um I'm a comedian what makes me a social misfit? I'm, I'll give you the yeah. That's the generic answer. First of all, I think we all times. are. I think we all are a little yeah. bit. We all are. We're independent. We're extremely sensitive people. You talking about comics? Comics, mm-hmm. comedians, stand-up comedians specifically. Ones who go up there alone and talk to a crowd of people, which is the number one fear above death, is to public speaking I don't but see I can't even compute that well because you are a brave person that's what I was gonna say we're extremely sensitive and attuned but we have this bravery in us like you said you'd stand and fight and things like that we have this real independent brazen bravery about us 
that uh, we want to get our ideas out there. I think deep down we really do love people. We mm -hmm. want the world to be a better place. And that's why we're up there trying to tell jokes and heal people, make them feel good, make them see truth, um, unify them. That's what laughter is. You're yes. unifying people. You know, laughter is basically a recognition of truth. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, yeah, I know what you're saying. That is true. That, that's what we have in common, yeah, you know? Yeah, it's unspoken language. Yeah, so deep down, what makes us social misfits is what makes us who comics. It's like we always questioned everything. I went to Sunday school, you know, I was an altar boy. I went to school and uh, I always just had a bullshit detector. Yeah. When people, when someone, I remember I got kicked out of Sunday school. Because they were making me color the clouds and like a little baby Jesus was sleeping on the cloud. And I'm, I wanted to understand like, wait, is that where heaven is? Like, yeah. so heaven's like if I'm on a jet right blue above, flight, yeah. like I'll see he's where's the cloud above Arizona? Uh, you know, when you're black, the, the irony is, I think the dirty truth of it all, nobody likes to admit is basically black people adopted the conqueror's god They're, of course you know it's like absolutely yeah. but that but that is an enlightened point of view yeah because it's the same the, the way black people are about christianity is the same white people are about donald trump they don't want to believe that this that they believe what they believe in wasn't their idea right and so when people are like how did russia hack it because you voted for him not yeah. they didn't literally do anything to you, but they planted the seeds that made you feel like this was your idea. That right. is what hacking is. Right. And so people don't want to admit that because then they have to admit that that their vulnerability, their naivete, they don't want to admit that they weren't in control of right. all of their actions and decisions. And that's what makes us social memphis is we do. We 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 we, we explore comedians. that yes. stuff. We can't we can't handle something not being true. Oh, yeah. We can't handle it. We just can't handle it. And I think that's what makes me a social misfit is I can't handle it. I can't, I can't lie to myself. I can't, if it's a lie, it's just like, I can't say, I can't, I can't go like, oh, I'm not just, I can't. It's yeah. like, all right, we got it. It's a lie. The worst is I hate when I see comics be like, so I was just on the bus and, uh, and I'm like, you were not just on the bus. You were just not on the bus. <laughs> <laughs> Who takes uh, the bus? I was just on the bus and a woman got on and, <laughs> and she was talking to herself. And then I was like, oh, is that mom? Yeah. <laughs> like whatever stupid shit. You're just like, no, you got to be telling the truth about yourself first. Yeah. You know, it's like people have this thing. They like to cling to myths and lies and stuff because they think it makes life easier. But maybe it does in the short term. It's sort of like if you were to compare it to business mm -hmm. or, or even comedy. It's like... um myths and all these lies and shit that people cling to are, are kind of like uh bringer shows <laughs> they're good in the short term yeah but as a long-term business model they're bad they always lead to bad things the so truth this, is always the, tr is always the best the answer. Yeah. so are you truthful in your personal relationships outside of comedy like are you the person who's brutally honest to the point where people are like why are you hurting my feelings yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean not not as much anymore because I understand there's social tact yeah. and there's way to get along and not to, I don't go around and say that. It's, yeah, it's an ugly dress to like an old woman, you yeah. know, even though it is probably a fucking ugly yeah. dress. But you just give somebody that knows you the eye, like look at Yeah, if I'm with dress. another comic, you know, yeah. you could say anything to another comic and that's why I love being a comic. There's we say, nothing. We th say some of the raunchier shit. We, it's just anything. Like we, we're, we don't have that thin skin. We don't have um those sensitivities we don't uh we can handle it we can yeah. handle someone who doesn't agree with us or someone who says something mean to us 
You know, we get it. If it's funny, it's like, yeah, you was mean, but you know what? That was fucking yeah. funny. <laughs> and we, we have self-awareness. We're humble. You know, it's Absolutely. like we could take it. And if you don't, then you're not really that funny. If you can't take someone shitting on you, and that's why I, I don't like the roast shit that's going on. I don't do that. Because it's like, that was a special thing that comics used to mm-hmm. do when they were really friends. Yes. Like, how are these people roasting each other if they don't even fucking know it? It's always like body image shit. Yeah. It's always like dumb shit. Material. Yeah, it's like superficial joke. shit yeah. about the person. It's like, the best roasts are when... You know, you know the person, but it's a friend of yours, and yeah. you're shitting on them out of love. You know, but that's but see, that's the thing. The reason why the the actual like Dean Martin roast works is because they had a dais of people who were all top celebrities who knew the man or woman of the hour. So when people cracked on them, the people in the audience were really responding to those people who knew that person right. laughing. Right. When you have a roast comedy roast battle, it's just two comics and a host audience and then three judges off to the side that nobody could see so if i'm in the audience and i say hey yanis you know how's your one testicle doing if i don't get a response from people that know you to know that that's true or not then people are like wait what are we is it are we laughing because it's true or we're laughing because that's fucked the thing to say about his butt right right you're absolutely right yeah yeah i'm a genius all right yanis (laughs) uh let's wrap this up let us know where we can follow you at um you can follow me my name on twitter yanis pap Instagram, same thing, Y-A-N-N-I-S-P-A-P-P-A-S. I got a website. Uh, just follow me online. That's the way to do Did it. Did you ever have a street nickname? Yeah, well, uh, not a street nickname. I guess I had a nickname when I was a kid. They called me Robo Cheese. Robo Cheese? The Robo Cheese Man, yeah. Why, why? Some friends still call me Robo Cheese. Why? Um, I had. I, I used to call myself Jan Ski. Oh, okay. Jan Ski. That was very 1990. Yeah, it was 90s. And um and then a friend of mine would call me cheesy skeezy, um and then somehow I had a RoboCop poster in my room and I guess I just merged cheesy skeezy with cheese Robo cheese and then it just somehow turned into the Robo cheese man. Everyone knew me as the Robo cheese, That's- and I was always the funny one and the crazy one, and so it just matched. And, and for stuck. sure they would just say Robo. Robo, they would say Robo. What's up, Robo or Robo cheese? Or where's the Robo cheese man? <laughs> Is the Robo Cheese Man gonna be here? Yeah, it was my nickname. Oh, I'm so glad you didn't start comedy as Robo Cheese. Because if you were bl- <laughs> if you were black, you probably would have been done like, some, ladies yeah. and gentlemen, coming, coming to the, the stage, give it up for Robo, Robo Cheese. cheese. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for letting me come over yeah, and of um, doing this podcast. Thanks for having me. It was a lot of fun. We had a good conversation. It was a conversation. Yeah. We, we covered so much. You covered what so much. comics do. We, we tape our conversations. And hope that people <laughs> listen to it and then want to see us in person. Yeah. That's really it. That's really it. That's really it. Did you like what you heard? Yeah. Come see me live. Come see me live. Pay to see me live. All right, guys. Thank you for listening. This has been another episode of Social Misfit with my guest, Giannis Pappas. Tune in next week. Thank you again for listening.